was. Ball game. Why did we do our cards? I tried my best. Well, we lost all our cards. Kids, good. I Go ahead, Doc. Do it. And we're back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. This is Dump on the Ump, ostensibly a baseball podcast. Tonight is Tuesday, March the 9th, 2021. Coming at you from Champaign, Illinois, my name is Joel. With me tonight, as per usual, is Sam. Sam, how's it going? Uh, hey, Joe, I'm doing well. I'm coming at you from a very sunny and warm Brooklyn, New York. My hot take for this week is non-sports related. It is weather related. Uh, it was probably close to 60 degrees in Brooklyn today. Uh, and as loyal listeners of the show may know, I work at a restaurant, bar restaurant. Uh, and my hot take is that the people in 2021 are just like, it was the, hot, the first hot day of the year this year, and people are horny. Um, I think that, you know, 2021 is going to be a big baby boom year because we were open, was the first warm day of the year, and I sold more. I sold an entire week's worth of oysters today. So people are, like, looking to get it on in New York. And that's how you gauge horniness, the amount of oysters you sell? There's yeah. probably a direct correlation. Yeah, exactly. Maybe born versus gross, you know, oysters sold. I, I, I was going to contest this though, Sam, because 2020, you know, everybody says that that's the big, the there's going to be a bunch of, of COVID babies because everybody was stuck inside the whole fucking year. Right. I don't know if I buy that though. I feel like people <laughs> are like depressed. Like the vaccine's out, people are getting vaccinated, the numbers are going down, people are starting to feel better, like restaurants are opening up indoors, people are starting to be able to go out, it's warm, and like everyone is, it's like a whole change in outlook. I think we should remember this next March. Yeah. Right. Are oysters, uh, are they an aphrodisiac? Yes. Yes. Supposedly, yeah. Okay, I got you. Gross. <laughs> Do you not like oysters? No, I love oysters. You know that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So you don't love sex? Right. But oysters are essentially boogers on a half shell. Yeah. <clears throat> right. And yes, I think they're delicious. I mean, equating <laughs> sex and oysters is pretty gross. I'll, I agree but, with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Also joining us tonight, as per usual, is Thomas. Thomas, how's it going? That's pretty good. Glad to be as per usual without a caveat. Uh, I know. Yeah, I just feel special. I'm coming to you hot and steady from regular Seattle. It was kind of rainy today, but it's springy rain, so it's like there's some sunshine in there. I've been singing Creedence Clearwater Revival, and my hot take is that... <clears throat> Shohei Otani struck out five and hit 100 in his debut in spring. He's also hitting at least one home run. So I feel vindicated and no, and there's no more pressure on for my Shohei Otani prediction and having a MVP caliber year. I think he's proven already that he's quite capable. And so now if he gets hurt or something, I'm off the fucking hook. Yep. Spring training, baby. That's what it's all about. That's where the heroes are made. It's right. If the numbers are right and they support your conclusion, you, you take them. One thing I forget is how fucking big Shohei Otani is. He's a big he's a beast. He's a big guy. Yeah. Yeah, he is looking good, definitely. He's a house. Yeah, 
Yeah. No, he Joel, he's gonna be have a great MVP caliber year at this point. If something if he doesn't, it's because of an injury or some kind of weird oh, bug. Okay. We already, yeah, yeah, he's already yeah, been yeah. proven. It's already proved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's already had an MVP caliber year. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> Wait, okay. Actually, question though. Are you saying MVP and Cy Young or just one? He's going to just get the MVP because yeah. he's just going to be so dominant. Yeah, that'll be good. I think, th- I think they'll feel bad. They'll just be like, well, you know what? We're going to give you the MVP and then we'll give the Cy Young to the second best pitcher. Right. Because the second best pitcher doesn't hit 40 home runs. <laughs> no i like it uh like i said my name is joel i'm coming at you from champaign illinois my hot take for the evening is that anti-semitism is bad (laughs) i don't get how that's a hot take yeah exactly that's the most lukewarm take you've ever had i think (laughs) that's a tepid take uh uh Myers, what's his name? Jesus Christ. Brennan Myers, uh, formerly of the University of Illinois basketball team, formerly of the Portland Trailblazers basketball, t- basketball team, currently of the Miami Heat basketball team. Uh, in his free time, he likes to go on Twitch and play Call of Duty with random people online and broadcast it over the internet. And last week, in one of these broadcasts, he got a little overzealous and called one of his opponents a word that is also the first name for one of the Boston Red Sox outfielders. Like spelled like it or spelled like spelled like it? Sound different. <laughs> Rhymes with bicycle. I've got it. Um, and uh, he has since lost his partnerships with many of these online gaming companies that he had actual, like, he wasn't, they weren't even sponsoring him. He was like an investor in Good. the, on, yeah, no, seriously, in these online gaming companies. And um, the biggest thing for me is that he, he issued his PR apology and he said, I did not know what that word meant. And dude, you are a 29-year-old adult male. Right. And a famous bad, you know, a middling but famous NBA player. Right. And an avid gamer. And an avid gamer. Exactly. I guarantee you Trevor Bauer knows what that word means. Yeah. Yes. I uh yeah, it's a bullshit excuse. And I <clears throat> like wait no i could say that i could see it being he knew it was a slur by not understanding the derivation of it or the, or like the historical co- connotations or something like that yeah like he it's thought it was like, just like maybe it was like another word for a gay person or like you know what i mean like maybe it doesn't make it better <laughs> yeah, no, no, <laughs> you're right fair enough no that was a bad example. <laughs> but the point being that he thought that he could kind of casually stay, you know, like not calling somebody another word for a gay person or another word for a black person. You know what I mean? Like these sort of like, I mean, that word has pretty dark connotations. And I think but, it's some pretty heavy hitting to people that have a connection to the word. But if you don't, I could see him not knowing necessarily. Yeah. yeah. I call bullshit on that. Like, or at least maybe not bullshit on that, but bullshit on you're a 29-year-old and you know you're a public figure and you are playing this video game for the purpose of promoting your public, like, business venture. You should know better. (laughs) Right. Right. So uh, anyone who's, like, played Halo or Call of Duty, like, you play online, right, and you're just, like, connected to all these people talking... And if you've ever been on there, it's a really dark yeah. and hateful place. Um, I've never gone there. I don't choose to. <laughs> it's really bad, specifically towards gay people and Jews. It's really bad. Yeah. And um, so, you know, that what he said is probably the least of what he would have said if he hadn't have been. He didn't know he was being like, putting his real name on it. Yeah. 
Right. So it was probably what he thought was an acceptable slur. Right. Right. So, and he really wanted to kill that other player. No, he probably just slipped up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like he knew that wasn't, he can't say, like he knows he can't say that shit. Like, well, um, and then here's but, my, you know, my say, who was say that I didn't again? know what it meant or like that's not a representation of me. It's like, motherfucker, I guarantee you that is a very good representation of you when you're like playing your games. Right. Right. Because those those live live chat things in those games are horrible places. Right. Right. And he would have grown up in that environment. I mean, if he's 28 now, he was 16 and who is this guy? His Myers Leonard. He is a power forward for the Miami Heat. And he's 28. He's been in the league for seven or eight years. He w- he went to the University of Illinois, Urbana-Champaign, yeah, okay. and played for years for the Portland Trailblazers. So, like, I was a I rooted for him on more than one occasion. Big white guy. Um, and this also my follow up hot take is he was the most notable player in the NBA who did not take a knee during the national anthem uh, for like Black Lives Matters, um, you know, when that was going on last summer in the bubble. Yeah. Fuck this guy. Yeah. Well, see, and at the time I was like, well, he didn't have to. He was like, I support what my teammates are doing, but, you know, it's just not how I feel. So I, I, he like said a lot of good shit at the time, and I feel like a sucker because I was just like, okay, yeah, that makes sense to me. And now I'm like, oh no, now I see that in a different light, right? Because he's a gamer and an anti Semite, and probably QAnon, if we're being honest. Oh, yeah, take it. Yeah, all I'm looking away. at this dude online, he looks like a turd. <laughs> yeah, he always looks like a turd. <laughs> So anyway, wait, we gotta move he, on. He, I got a lot of ground to cover. We gotta move on. But anyway, children, uh, anti-Semitism is bad. Yeah, don't do it. It's not a hot take, children. That's an ex- <laughs> widely accepted it's widely, opinion. It should. It's be. like yeah, yeah. It shouldn't uh, even be need to be said. Yeah, yeah. And New yet, Yorkers are horny though. And yet, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oysters. All right. Uh, hey, before we get in, I want to give some shout outs. Thank you to everybody who listened to our episodes from last week. Special shout outs our listeners, Quincy, Massachusetts, Boulder, Colorado, coming through this week for us. Really appreciate that. They were Thank tuning in for my AL West preview is what they were doing. Oh, there you go. But they're the NL West, so they got to come in in two weeks from now. Exactly. Good point. Providence, Boydenton, Virginia, welcome back. Atlanta, Georgia, Clifton Heights, Pennsylvania, Shrewsbury, Massachusetts, Bend, Oregon, Muhammad, Illinois, Meh, Lagos, Nigeria, welcome. Thank you. Remember, if you like what you hear on Apple iTunes, give us a rating, a review, and a subscription. You can also follow us on all your social media bullshit. Dump on the ump at Twitter. Jump on the up on Instagram, Facebook. We also have a WordPress blog. Okay, I will stop there. So this is, I will not stop there, I lied. This is week four of our six-week previews of the divisions of Major League Baseball in the year 2021. We wrapped up AL last week, so now we are getting into the National League. And tonight, Sam will take us through... I'm going to call it the minefield that is the NL East. So, Sam, go take it away. All right. Thanks, Joel. Uh, during my AL East preview a couple of weeks ago, I referred to the AL East as uh, historically the premier league in Major League Baseball. <clears throat> this week, I'm previewing the National League East, which I will say has the potential to be the premier league of right now and for the next decade or so, eh, five years, let's say. Um, I say potential because it is still unclear whether or not any of these teams can get their shit together uh, despite a huge amount of talent in the league. The most recent World Series champion coming out of the NL East is, of course, the 2019 Washington Nationals, who really 
kind of squeaked in there, I might add, as a wild card team <clears throat> and who really just kind of rode a hot hand to the championship. <clears throat> but other than them, uh, the division has produced just two other champions this century mm-hmm. with the 2008 Phillies and 2003 Marlins taking home the World Series. That's a good point. That being said, I'll go on the record right now and say that the NL East has a higher level of elite talent than any other division in baseball. Freddie Freeman is the best first baseman uh, in baseball. Acuna and Soto, I would say, are two of the top four outfielders in baseball. JT Real Muto is the best catcher in baseball. Bryce Harper is probably a top five outfielder in the state of Pennsylvania. Francisco, <laughs> Francisco Lindor is the best shortstop in baseball. And I know that there's plenty of people who would argue with me about that, but I would say that, you know, there's probably three shortstops in the NL West who could give him a run for his money, but none of them have proven to be consistent enough to kind of take that crown away from him. Yeah. Um, Agree with that. And that's just your position players. You're not even talking right. about pitching yet. Max Scherzer, Steven Strasburg, and Jacob deGrom all at any point could be the number one pitcher in baseball. Um, So that being said, there's been a huge concentration of talent in this division for a while now. And there's no one team who can be a, who can claim to, to be a lock for success in the postseason. So uh, we're going to get into it. I'm going to go through the teams one by one. Um, in the order that I think they will finish the season. Uh, so starting with uh, the Braves, who I think is going to win the division, then going down from there. Okay. Um, so feel free, guys, to you know chime in with questions or opinions or tell me I'm full of shit or whatever. Oh, shit. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> That's true. Uh, so the Atlanta Braves, I think they're going to win. They've won the division uh, three years in a row. Um, right? Three years in a row? I think so. That sounds right. That just surprises me. Um, their manager is this guy. His name is Brian Snitker. Um, and you may not know his name because he's never had any job other than working for the Atlanta Braves organization. He's been their manager for three years. Also the three years they've won the division, uh, before that, He coached every single level of their minor league team and was involved in their front office scouting. Um, What's the the guy, the pitcher, or the the manager of the Cardinals? Is that Mike Schilt? I don't know. He's He's doing that. He's doing that NL Central. Oh, no, you're probably right. I think it's Mike Schilt. But he's another one of these guys. There's a couple of NL guys that became managers for the teams, and Brian Snicker is one of them. That they're like just total company men. Like they came up yep. through, right? They were like some low end coach, and they've just been with the team for like yeah. It's the years. Earl Weaver paradigm. It's the Earl Weaver model. Oh, yeah, just like stay stay around long enough, and they'll make you the head coach. Right. Uh, Luis Rojas of the Mets is also that way for the Mets, but we'll okay. get into that yeah. in a bit. But, and I feel like what's his fuck the guy that has ended up being in like well I guess he's the guy that's getting like what's the fucking asshole coach that like sexually harassed all those ladies uh, now recently they're talking uh, about yeah yeah from the Cleveland Indians and the Anaheim Angels he's with the Angels now uh, Mickey, Mickey Calloway Mickey Calloway, Calloway yeah. the Mets or whatever yeah he's kind of yeah. like Mike Schultz looks like fucking Samwise Gamgee the Hobbit. <laughs> That should have been your hot, hot take. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Tell me more yeah. about the Braves, Sam. <clears throat> right. So the Braves, uh, they're coming off a season they lost in the championship series to the Dodgers, right? How many games did that go? Seven? Three, one, yeah, they were up 3-1 in that series and lost. It. Right. right. And lost. Um, so then the manager, oh, uh, they have a really strong offense. Uh, I already mentioned Freddie Freeman and Acuna Jr. And then they have Marcel Ozuna, who was the 2020 home run and RBI leader leader for all of Major League Baseball uh, they just signed him this past week. And that's going to be huge as far as uh, kind of locking down their, their offense. Uh, this is an who? offense that 
could potentially oh, score a shitload of runs. Um, they still have Ozzy Albies and Albies, I think, is gone. I'm not sure. Well, um, following up on what you're saying there, Sam, I mean, they had the NL MVP last year in Freddie Freeman, right. and he might be their third best offensive player. He, Acuna he, and... he uh, he's ridiculously consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, and his numbers are like year to year the same. Um, and he really is an anchor for that offense. So I wouldn't say that he's there. I would say that he's potentially their, uh, maybe not their flashiest offensive player, but I think that the difference between him and Ozuna uh, numbers wise is probably where they bat in the order. Ozuna's, you know, knocking Freddie Freeman in all of last year. Uh-huh. Um, their bullpen plan has been depleted. They lost their closer, McClendon, um, and a couple of their more uh, notable re- relievers to free agency. But they really shored up their uh, starting rotation, adding Charlie Morton, Drew Smiley, um, this guy. Soroka, do you remember him? Matt yeah. Soroka. Well, he was on their team last year. He was he either opted out or he was coming back from Tommy John. He didn't play last year. That uh, might be true. Yeah, that's probably true. So he played in 2019. He was an all-star. He was their ace, and it really was looking like he was gonna be a force for the future. And then I think he got hurt uh, and he didn't play last year. So he'll be back. Uh, and then they have a couple of rookie starters who really uh, pitched super well. This guy, I think, I want to say Ian Anderson. Yeah, wrote on Anderson. yeah, that guy's really good at uh, the jazz flute. He played. Right, that's the guy from Jethro Tull, exactly. So he's also anyway, pitched really he had well. A ERA in six yeah, he did. starts. In, in six starts last year, he had an ERA of under two, and then he had four starts in the postseason where he had an ERA under one. Yeah, so keep an eye on that guy. I feel um, like he has pitched to Carlos Santana at some point in his career. Also, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so right. Just like to sit in on that jam session. <laughs> I want to. I want to take a sideswipe if I can take a minute on Ozuna sure. here because Thomas and I were talking about this before the podcast started. Um, so Ozuna had in that sixty-game season, he had an OPS of of 1067 right Right. he's got a career he's that was his eighth year in the majors his career ops is 801 so so like which is yeah which is fine but it's not 1067 so yeah so it, it did he take a jump is he gonna maintain that high level of production coming on the last four yeah. No, no, you're saying the same thing I'm saying. He's not going to be galactically great. He'll probably be good. Maybe also. I, I, I mean, I think that Marcelo Zuna is kind of coming into what he can be if he's in the right, right. place. He's, exactly. I think he's always- he was always he was always scouted at and per, like has the like the tools to be the player he was last year. He's just never put it together. Right, but he's 29, so it's not like he's some young guy who's like emerging from his cocoon. He's had like prime for a baseball player, though. I mean, over the last four years, I think he's had put up like among the league leaders, not numbers wise. Uh, I'd say over the last four years. No, I'm looking at it now. He he was 2017. He was an all star. He was not an all star after 2017. I mean, I think he was had he was traded. He had some injury. Yeah, he went from Miami to St. Louis to Atlanta. He started to kind of appear in Miami and that right with Christian Yelich and that team before they trade. Okay, he, it yeah. was like Christian Yelich and Marcelo Zuna and a couple other. I mean, when when that kid died, the Jose Fernandez when he died, like that was a huge blow to what was a, potentially a really young exciting core and they kind of day we should do a whole episode about the fucking whatever 2016 miami marlins or yeah yeah, yeah. for sure yikes 
Yeah. Anyway, um, I've always thought he was a good player. He has not always showed that he's such a good player, but yeah, I feel like this is the this is the this has been his potential the whole time. So I would reckon that he's more likely to continue than to not. Yeah, I would say that he's probably not going to crack a thousand OPS again, but like I wouldn't expect him to end up higher than his career OPS this season. Okay. I would say. I would. <clears throat> also, it's like it all depends on. You know, I'm I'm gonna talk about this with the nationals too, but it, it depends on like where you're hitting uh and who is hitting around you. And the Braves have a good offensive team and a number of players who can cushion somebody like Ozuna um to get him to see a couple like better pitches, um, depending on where he's hitting in that order. So that could be a that's a big difference too. Um like David Ortiz was nothing until he started hitting in front of Manny Ramirez. And then, you know, you yeah. start to, you start to see all fastballs when you have one of the best hitters in baseball hitting behind you. And then you can kind of get your timing down, get your confidence up. And like, you know, I think that the best thing that ever happened to David Ortiz was batting third in front of Manny Ramirez, number four. Um, Quite possibly. But so, yeah, I mean, they've still got uh, Ozzy Albies and Dansby Swanson. That's interesting. Right. All right. So I got to move on because we're going to run out of time pretty quick Dance here. But... Dansby Swanson. Sorry. Never mind. Moving on. The simulations. Uh, and so it's important here because I have the Braves finishing first. That's just what I think. Computer simulations have four teams in the NL East finishing above 500, which is the only league only division in all of major league baseball they have that uh and they have the braves finishing fourth uh at 82 and 80 so yeah. who said that i don't know some computer fan simulation graphs. i think it was it was either picota or fan graphs i found that. i i got basically all of my information from the athletic so whatever the athletic is using that's what it was picota <laughs> has atlanta finishing 82 and 80 Um, Okay, moving on to uh, the Mets, who I think is going to are going to finish second. Uh, I think the Mets are the most improved team in the NL East this year uh, after an offseason where they picked up um, Francisco Lindor, which is probably the biggest pickup of any team at all in Major League Baseball, I think. and uh, but they're an interesting team, right? Because they've never been able to put it together, and they have another seemingly serious Achilles heel, heel this year, which is their defense. Um, their general manager, in a uh, in an interview this week, uh, said, "Quote: Some of our guys are not defensive geniuses." <laughs> uh, a coach. The general manager said oh. that. Oh, wow. And, uh, so they say, <laughs> yeah, it, <laughs> but they are, they are last year. They, uh, they gave up, I think 60 runs due to defense, defensive errors, which was more by like 20 runs than any other team in major league baseball. And that was with Pete Alonzo playing DH, um, and he's not a good defensive first baseman. So they're going to have to, um, they're going to have to figure that out, how to figure that out, uh, because they have, I think, one of the best rotations in Major League Baseball. Um, although Syndergaard starting the season on the DL. So they have a great offense. They got Pete Alonso, uh, Francisco Lindor, Jeff McNeil, who's going to be playing a consistent second base this year because uh, Cano is out. Um, Conforto. They have Conforto and Nimmo in the outfield. Um, and then they have uh, McCann in the catcher spot. At their catcher spot, which is going to be a huge improvement defensively even though you don't think of james mccann and be what's his name yep that's it james mccann 
James McCann be like, oh, that guy's a great defensive catcher. Their catchers last year, the the Mets were the worst in Major League Baseball by a pretty long shot. So McCann is a league average catcher defensively, and that's a huge improvement. Um, and a two-time All-Star. Right. Uh, so, okay, so the manager for the Mets is another one of these, uh, like, uh, Earl Weaver team lifers. Uh, he was their longtime Dominican League coach and scout. Uh, mm-hmm. He is the son of Felipe Alou and brother of Moises Alou. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Another in the Alou line? Yeah. Both Major League Baseball players. What's his name? Luis Rojas. I don't know why he has a different last name. His Moises Alou is his half brother. Okay. So, um, but wasn't Moises Alou? There wasn't there a senior and a junior? Wasn't Moises Alou? Felipe Alou is Moises Alou's father. Felipe Alou and Felipe Alou coached the Expos. I think. Yeah, never mind. Sorry. Go ahead. They also have the elbow to Almora, too. So. Oh. Sorry, lost you there for a second. You there? Me or him? I, I, I'm back. Are you recording, Joel? I just lost all that. That's why I figured I am recording. You are cool. <laughs> always got the backup going. <laughs> you're here. You're here twice. We should. There we go. Okay. Um, Moises Alou. We were talking about Moises Alou. Yeah, Moises Alou, father of Luis Rojas, and no, Moises Alou is the brother of Luis Rojas. Oh, okay. Um, anyway, the the Mets project as a very good offense, a very good starting rotation, terrible defense, um, and then they are a team who has, in the past few years anyway, horrible boy pen, bullpen. Um, oh yeah, hey. So, <clears throat> They have Edwin Diaz, who they got from your boys, who you know presumably will be playing for the Mariners again next year. Yeah, um, his contract. <laughs> uh, but he was a forty-save guy who all of a sudden came to New York and like lost yeah, it. They have uh, Familia. I don't. What's his, I can't remember. Joy is Familia. Joy is Familia. Juries. Juries. I don't know. He's familia. He was a really good closer. And then they got Edwin Diaz and put Familia in the setup role. And all of a sudden he couldn't get anyone out. Um, <clears throat> they've added Dylan Batances, who they got from the Yankees, who yeah. he, you know, was terrible last year, but has potential to be a good pitcher. And then they picked up Trevor May, I think. I don't remember where he played last year, but he's in Minnesota. Yeah. So uh, they're talking about Trevor May being their best um, bullpen pickup of the offseason. And that, like, the whole bullpen is a potential mess, Um, but also could be really good if some of these pitchers kind of play back up to their potential or what they've done in the past. Who's going to close for them? Diaz probably will have the job at least to start the season. For sure he will. Um, and he'll blow it like right away. That's <laughs> like what happened to that guy. Oh, poor Eddie Diaz. He always liked him with the Mariners, but oh man, I'm glad we struck while the iron was hot. You always trade closers, man. Don't fucking keep yeah. it. Always trade your closers. That's what you always be trading closers. Yep. Um third place. So anyway, third place I have the Washington Nationals. Their manager is Dave Martinez, who was a player in Major League Baseball for 15 years and then worked in the Rays organization as a coach uh, until he he was Joe Madden's bench coach. And then he got uh, the job as the Nationals manager a few years ago. He won the World Series in 2019. Um, 
And this is a team they dropped to fourth place in the league last year. And so they have a little bit of a, uh, I don't know, chip on their shoulder is the right word. But there's, uh, you know, if they want to prove they weren't a fluke in 2019, which is what everybody believes, they're going to have to really step it up this season. That's what you believe. You're the biggest yeah. opponent of the national <laughs> yeah, yeah, I believe it. And I've been pushing it all over the airwaves. Right. So if, they, if they're going to... If they're going to prove that they're not, they're going to have to prove it this year. That's if they're going to prove you wrong, they have to win the division this year. Um, they have also a really good starting rotation, but it's yeah. getting older. They picked up uh, John Lester this year, who should be dead, dependable. <laughs> you know. You say dead? I did. <laughs> So you said we both said dead at the same time. Um, he'll be, you know, he'll be good for some starts. Patrick Corbin, Strasburg, Scherzer, and then some guy I'd never heard of. Um, Joe Ross. Joe Ross, yeah, good. Uh, who, right. So that's a good. It's a good rotation if they can stay healthy. Uh, potentially the best in. In the league, in the division. And one interesting thing I read about the Nationals is that you know, like you said, Strasburg's getting older. They still extended him. He's signed for for well, years. He's only what thirty one. Scherzer's oh, getting older. Scherzer's getting older. But somebody Scherzer's was like, like my age, "We're all getting older, you guys." Time's a flat circle. But uh, <laughs> like they like Strasburg's their guy. Bryce Harper right. was not their guy. Anthony Rendon was not their guy. Right. Like Juan Soto's their guy. Well, now Juan Soto will, yeah. but like of that crew that all kind of came up with the Nats together, Rendon was the the face of the franchise. Well, the offensive face of the franchise. Yeah. Won that fluke uh, World Series. Bryce Harper was the face of the franchise until they realized they're better without him and shipped him to fucking Philadelphia. Yeah. They were like Strasburg, you're a guy. Like, I guess it's an interesting sign of loyalty because his best days may be behind him. Yeah, maybe. He's a a pretty good pitcher. He has some injury issues, but he's a good, like, he's a good pitcher. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. Took him to a World Series championship. I mean, like he's yeah. proven that he's a good pitcher. I, yeah, I, I think his best days might have been behind him when he got injured as a young pitcher. You know what I mean? Like he he had all the potential in the world coming out, and then he know, he's a lefty who can throw high nineties. Like that's fucking you hang on to that if you can. Yeah, but here's I mean, what I think is the most interesting pickup about the Washington Nationals, and this is going to get back into like who do you have hitting around you. And that's Josh Bell. And they traded him for him. I think they either trade, I think it was a trade. They got him from the Pirates. Uh, And he was what, 2018 or 2019 NL RBI leader. And I know I'm probably higher on this guy than. No, I love that you are the biggest (laughs) Josh Bell fan I have ever met. Just he like basically won me a year of fantasy baseball. So I'm like really high. On always, I am That's what it all comes back to. Right. I'm pretty, I'm pretty he's really good about Trey Turner. He projects, he's a, he's got a lot of power uh, and he, he really can hit the ball. And I think that if you put him in the batting lineup, either before or after Juan Soto, he's going to benefit from it. Um, they also especially pick up Kyle Schwarber. Right. Yeah. They also picked up Kyle Schwarber. He's a big maybe. They got uh, Victor Robles, who's like another center. maybe. If Schwarber and Robles can like have bounce back seasons and Josh Bell can like play back up to his potential, oh, then they're going to have an amazing offense. It's centered around Juan Soto, obviously, who everybody is projecting as the next Ted Williams, which is a ridiculous projection, but that's how good it is. He's really fucking good. I need to go to a Nationals game now so I can heckle Kyle Schwarber and call him the big maybe. <laughs> he is. He's a big maybe. Although apparently him and Victor Robles both have lost a lot of weight. 
So, <laughs> so maybe that's the shape of their lives. <laughs> yeah. They're like uh, the slim fast maybes. Yes. Carter Keboom, I think, is going to be interesting this year. If he, I think he, as he goes, then the Nats go. Who? Carter Keboom. He's like their big prospect, been coming up. He plays. Yeah, he I was think, a big think, bust last season. Yeah, they kind of they're kind of were bummed about him last year, but I think if he yeah. can have a good year, he might be a difference. And I think the Nationals yeah. are tough. I mean, with Patrick Corbin, they got Strasburg, Scherzer, and Patrick Corbin at the top of that lineup. And if they right. can get anything out of fucking Lester, which is as good a top three as any team in baseball, for sure. I, I yeah, I, I'm 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 curious. I I, I, I the Nats are a big if for me because they could be really good. Yeah, I agree. Um, eyes on Juan Soto. That guy's that guy's the the real deal. Agreed. Um. All right, going down to what am I at fourth place? I think you guys like the Nats more than I do. Yeah. Well, the Nats are. I'm big babies. The big babies. The big babies. Yeah. I don't really know what the Uh, Nats bullpen looks like either. Um. The Nets bullpen, I don't know. I didn't read much about them. I think it's okay. Uh, I can't remember who their closer is. We have Brad Hand. Yeah. They just have the 2016 World Series rosters on YouTube. Yeah, well, it's funny that, like, uh, their their starting rotation reads like a 2015 All-Star Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I'm high on them. I always always like the teams that are like were really good two years ago. (laughs) Well, they weren't that good two years ago. That's like an important thing to to remember. They win the World Series two years. They won the World Series, but they weren't that good. They got hot and they like squeaked into the wild card spot, second wild card. All right. But now they have Josh Bell. But now they have Josh Bell. But now they have Josh Bell over the hump. They, okay. they, have a, they have an offense that is has a lot of potential to score like some real runs um, and centered around Juan Soto could be the best offensive, like the best hitter in baseball today, be like MVP, this year. NL MVP if Mookie yeah. Betts won't arrive. Right. Yeah. Um, or I'll if you that Juan Soto finishes higher like, in the MVP. But I, I, he could be the best hitter in baseball right now, like hands down. All right, I bet he's higher in MVP voting than Mookie Betts this year. That he did? I bet that he will. So oh, you gotcha, got gotcha. Soto over Betts? I, I bet that he I, I bet at the end of the year he gets more MVP votes, but I'm I, that's a bet. Oh, but you're not saying either one wins. You're saying Soto gets more than Betts, right. which means you're betting that like Bryce like I'm betting that Betts won't have as good a year as he's had. Um, um he well. Uh, It'll be harder for him to shine, I feel like, where he is. In no way. Uh, but, I, you know, I don't know. He's the best player on that team, probably. I'm not going to argue by, that he's not the best. By a fair margin, actually. That dude's good at baseball. Yeah, I'm definitely not going to argue that. <clears throat> um, Fourth place, the Phillies? Phillies, yeah. Moving on to the Phillies. Manager Joe Girardi. Um, Joe Girardi is the manager? Yeah. Joe Girardi of the Phillies. Mm-hmm. I forgot. Uh, and they, this is the team that is like a hodgepodge of like, like the Phillies is where talent goes to like wallow in media. Castaway Island of Lost Toys. The yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. Okay, but here's the thing. Here's my hot take on the Phillies. The biggest offseason pickup of the Philadelphia Phillies was Dave Dombrowski. Yeah. So, Look for them to win a World Series in the next year or two, uh, and then wallow at the bottom of the division for the next 10 years. Okay. <clears throat> they have Bryce Harper, uh, who's a real boomer bust player. Um, and you know, not a he's not a winner, let's say. Right. Uh, he's like a good player, he's like a Kyrie Irving sort of guy. There you go. That's uh, my analogy to Bryce make. Harper. Right. Yeah, Bryce Harper is a real got real Kyrie Irving vibes. League baseball, yeah. Um, <laughs> JT Real Muto, who's kind of the end of the best. So mad. <laughs> JT Real Muto, 
um, who's in a cast right now, by the by, and probably won't be ready for the opener, but will be ready shortly thereafter. Uh, Aaron Nola is a big if. Didi Gregorius is a big if. Juan Segura is a big if. Andy McCutcheon's a big if. What's that? What is iffy about them? Just whether they're going to be good or not? Whether they're going to be good or not. Like these are all players that if they... Yeah, he's had up and down seasons, though. Uh, Okay, yeah, I guess so. He was like a Cy Young contender in 2018. 2019, he missed most of the year with injuries. And then last year, I think he was pretty good. Um, He's an injury risk. Yeah, Uh, Gregorius and McCutcheon are older, uh, but still are probably – they're probably not iffy yet. I like Didi. I don't know. I don't think McCutcheon's got much. Actually, but, those guys are probably us, so to say. See, but see, which is not as good. Didi and McCutcheon, along with Joe Girardi, are all outcasts from the New York Yankees. Right? I don't really feel like like McCutcheon was on the Yankees for like a season and a half, though. Yeah, I, mean, I wouldn't different. call him a Yankee at all. Right? Yeah, he was only there. Um, he, they only made him cut his hair. Exactly, which sucks. Their ace uh, is Nola, and then they also have uh, Zach Wheeler, who... Oh, Zach Wheeler can be. He's, that guy's good. That guy's got all of the talent that he needs, but he, uh, he also has a history of injuries. So he definitely does. It's a big maybe. <clears throat> Here's the thing about Dave Dombrowski, is that guy can put together some good baseball teams. I read a lot of funny shit about him on The Athletic today. This one guy was like, no one's going to tell you that Dave Dombrowski is the smartest general manager in Major League Baseball. (laughs) But he's not afraid of making mistakes, and that is something that sets him ahead of everybody else in Major League Baseball. He's so stupid. He doesn't know what he's fucking about. They're saying that, like, a lot of people are really, like, a little bit too hesitant about, like, being afraid of making bad deals. And because of that, they pass up a lot of good deals and that's not like Dave Dombrowski doesn't give a shit if he makes anybody angry you know what I mean like he doesn't care uh about expectations or fan favorites or whatever and he's put together some of the best baseball teams in you know the past 30 years or whatever the 2018 Red Sox one of the best baseball teams of all time he brought the uh Marlins right the 2003 Marlins was his team and then he had all of those um Tigers teams that never made it to the World Series but those were the Max Scherzer David Price they made it one uh, they made it Berlin. one they lost right they didn't they didn't win but they made it <clears throat> um they've been to a World Series in the last 20 years right they've been to two lost to the Cardinals no Cardinals yeah. won giants ones tigers have only been oh yeah you're right anyway uh it'll be interesting to see the sort of moves that he makes he the thing about him is that he does not have uh the farm system that the red sox had in 2017 for him to gut via trades to bring in big names like chris sale well, that's what you were talking about before. Dom Dombrowski is like the venture capitalist of baseball. Right. <laughs> well, no, that, the article I was reading about him was really interesting because like the Red Sox ownership was like, <clears throat> come here, Dave, do whatever you want, <clears throat> win a World Series. And that's what he did. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, now he's on that team anymore. Now right. you won that World Series two and a half years ago nobody's left right well yeah. and then they're like okay you won your world series but now we gotta put this farm season back to get farm team back yeah. together. <laughs> so <laughs> you go somewhere else <clears throat> anyways with the phillies, go to now. phillies. right yeah. so and it'll be interesting to see what he does there um keep an eye on them i think they'll finish fourth i don't think they're going to be that great this year um but Regardless of where they are in the standings, look for them to be buyers at the trade deadline this year. Ooh, why? I like that. Because that's it's Dave Dombrowski. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay, and then that brings us. This is going to be short. We're going to the Marlins. Um. Oh, and the Marlins. I, 
I talk a lot of shit about the Marlins, but let me tell you something. I was doing some research on them this morning, and that is not, they're not going to be a great team this year, but that is a team that is primed to be really good in the very near future. Bye. They have four of the top four prospects uh, in the top, or four of the top 40 prospects in baseball. They have a rotation of starters uh their starting rotation everyone's under 26 years old they all throw about 100 miles an hour they're really good um their manager is don mattingly uh the pitching's really good now uh their roster is full of kind of b-list veterans and young players who haven't really worked into their potential yet but like in the next couple of years they're going to be a legit contender so what? I mean, they were in the playoffs. They they won around. <clears throat> twenty twenty doesn't count. You were starting spouting some twenty twenty stats earlier. I heard you. Yeah. Well, like no, I just don't think that that like that level of youth can maintain that level of play for one hundred and sixty two games. I, like, what, what I meant not... to say was, my take is that you you feel if twenty twenty had actually had a baseball season, the Miami Marlins would have probably faded and not made the playoffs. Right, exactly. Yeah, I agree yeah. with you. And the anyway, look for them to be good soon. That's my only take on them. I, I wish you were right, but their general manager is Derek Jeter. So you're just looking at like the next DH for the Yankees in 2025. That's true. Yeah. That's their starting rotation. Yeah. Christian, they're going to ship their guys off to Milwaukee for fucking prospects. Oh man, I just like JT the idea. Real Muto, right? JT Real Muto, wasn't he on that team? Wasn't he on Miami? Yeah. yeah. John Carlos Stanton, Christian Yelich, Marcelo Zuna. Marcelo Zuna. Fucking 2016 Miami Marlins was so good. Oh, uh, D. Gordon when he was good. Yep. Yep. I, I don't know. I, th- I, the Miami Marlins, I'm glad that they got Kim Ng as their, uh, She's well, is she the general manager and Jeter's the president now? Maybe. Um, I forget what it was. Um, I no, think Sam dropped it like it was hot. Sam had to go to the bathroom. He started like doing that dance, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> he had to pee, he had to pee really badly. So I will uh slowly take us out. Hopefully, he'll come back to give us a little wrap up. But uh, that was the National League East. I think Atlanta is going to win the division. I would bet on Atlanta to win the division. I, I, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, I think the Nationals are going to finish above the Mets, though. Do you see, like, I, I might have gotten all wrapped up in the Mets fanfare on the offseason. Like, maybe I I'm over. So I, I have the Mets second, but maybe I'm over, like overselling them. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I'm, I think. I think Atlanta's the class of the division. I think their starting rotation's young and good. I think Atlanta's going to be good for a while. I think they're a cool team. I think that the Nationals are going to be better than people think. I think they're going to finish above the Mets. I think the Mets aren't going to be good. I, I think the Phillies might finish above the Mets. I'm not sure. The Mets are going to score a lot of runs. I, I mean, uh, they're going to like lose a lot of games from the seventh inning on. Probably. I mean, aside from Francisco Lindor, their defense is terrifying. Yeah. And their bullpen has been shitty. Well, so, they're I, but they're, I can see their bullpen shoring up and their defense still being shitty and them still losing a bunch of games. Yeah. The uh Jeff McNeil at second base is an improvement from Robinson Cano. Um, yeah. I and like hit McNeil and Nimmo are interesting ball players. Like I I like I kind of like the structure of the team. I, I'm not a huge Pete Alonso believer, I gotta say. Yeah, I'm not a big Dom Smith believer. I don't think he's got really the I don't know. Michael Conforto is a player to look out for. He's also uh, one I in the past couple of years, he's batted around 300. Um he hits 20 to 30 home runs, and you know, he has the potential to knock in over a hundred runs easy. Yeah, I don't know. From the five hole, probably. A three, maybe. We'll see. I think the Nats are going to finish above those guys. 
Yeah, I do too. But I think it's really a coin flip between the the Mets and the Nationals, honestly. You said, but you said, you, I wrote it down. You, you said you Mets were second. second. You, you Mets were second time you. Yeah, you're on. You're oh, yeah, on, yeah, yeah. Sorry. You can't fudge that now, buddy. I, I got it. I got it backwards. I, I got the, I got the Mets over the Nationals. Yeah. But it's, uh, the Mets are going to score a lot of runs. And, you know, they we'll got see. a good starting rotation. They got Marcus Stroman, DeGrom, um, they're going to have Syndergaard back from Tommy John surgery. Monkey Carrasco. Monkey Carrasco. Yeah. Um, who's got a lot to, who's got a lot of talent and a lot to prove. He's not like, like if you have cookie Carrasco, if he's your four, you five, take that. Say one Walker. Okay. So right. it's probably DeGrom. Well, he's probably. I can't there. believe the Mariners didn't get Ty Walker. God damn it. <laughs> And Syndergaard's out for the first half. Okay, we got to wrap this up. Here's my question, and then we should leave. So we all agree that Atlanta is the team to beat in the division, right? Right. Okay. What are the odds of, of making it to the World Series? Like in our minds or like on the internet? Because we all have access in to your, it. In your head. Uh, what Can they get the Dodgers? Can they beat the Dodgers? I think they can beat the Dodgers. Yeah, I think yeah. they will beat the Dodgers. I don't think that they're there yet. Yeah. But, they, I mean, they have these two rookie starters. A lot of it kind of hinges on them, but I don't see them beating the Dodgers in the seven-game series. Um, I think they stack up close to the Dodgers offensively, but I don't think that they have it pitching-wise. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen. This has been Dump on the Ump, our National League East preview. Sam, good job. Thank you. Hey. Uh, we've covered. How long was this? What? How long has this been? We're at an hour week? right now. Uh, I thought it was. So, I thought it was a little long. All right. Yeah, it was a little long. Yeah. I lost it in the middle, though. Lost the feed. Right, we had some technical. This is Dump right. on the Ump. Uh, hi, I'm not editing any of this. I'm not. <laughs> It's gonna be sick. <laughs> this is quality podcasting coming at you. What way you come to expect? Not live from somewhere. From my basement. Mine too. Yeah. Um, okay, so I will lead us with NL Central next week. That'll be fun, and then Thomas will wrap it up with the. The, the superpowers of the NL West in two weeks. That's going to be interesting. Then we should have an episode of our predictions, and then we'll play games that matter, you guys. It'll be good. Exciting. 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 All right. Uh, any, any last words before we uh, sign off? No, I thought it was funny in the I was watching that Dodger White Sox game right at the beginning. My lunch break is right at noon, which is a bunch of uh when a bunch of uh, spring Super trading games start. So I can start to watch the beginning of some stuff. That was bad. <laughs> it was pretty funny because it took Luis Luis Urias four pitches to get through the White Sox, like Tim Anderson first pitch swinging. Uh, <laughs> it was just like bam, 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 right down. And then they came up and just started chipping then, away. I was like, I gotta go back. Oh, Mike Wright, who's not a real guy. Yeah, not rela- no relation. No relation. Three runs, one out, and they pull him in a spring training game. Leave him in there. They don't even have to do that. <clears throat> they can just end the inning. <laughs> that, that new thing is so ridiculous. I love all the fans get so pissed about it. And they're like, most of them are home fans. You're like, you fucking idiots. Like, you're stopping. No, because Tony LaRusso, my boy, Tony LaRusso said he wasn't going to do that anymore because he got in trouble for ending an idiot when he didn't have to. So he pulled Mike Wright in the bottom of the first with three runs and one out. Mike Wright. How many pitches had he thrown? Oh, I don't know. He had more than 20, though, right? I mean, there were three guys on and three runs, so he had to face at least seven batters. That's doesn't that's not necessarily more than 20 pitches. (laughs) (laughs) That was a sad game. That was a sad game. White Sox, White Sox, since you brought it up, one win, six losses. 
three times. Yeah, are we allowed to revise our projections <laughs> in, the, in our in our picks, or do we have to stick with our Brett plays? I don't know. We we got a good college football record going. That's all I guess. Zach Britton's out for the Yankees. He's got a Ooh. bone spur or something. That, that was the guy from the Baltimore that we couldn't remember. Right. Exactly. The Astros. Everybody on the Houston Astros. Amber Valdez. Yes. Yeah. 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 And somebody else too. I forgot. It. The Astros are in fucking trouble. Fuck the Astros. COVID, right? No, because of like ACL tears. Oh. Yeah. No, they're in trouble. All right. That was my other hot take. Astros fans are dumbasses. Fuck the Astros. Fuck the Astros. All right, ladies and gentlemen, for Sam and for Thomas, my name is Joel. This has been Dub on the Up, ostensibly a baseball podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Have a good evening and a pleasant tomorrow. Let's go.